0: The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WABC. Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano, an action packed show for you. But I want to pick up on something that Dominic Carter spent a bit of time last hour talking about, and that is Eric Adams, the mayor of the city of New York, and his war against the rats. This is something we've got a lot of calls about. This is something I've noticed walking around the streets of Manhattan in the odd hours of the morning. Here was the mayor of the city of New York yesterday. Please don't go out and see a rat and say, okay, you guys failed. No, we have to do several things to change the mindset and the culture that comes with the dirty street. Dropping stuff on the ground, uh, putting stuff in, your, in the subway stations and just eating and leaving food there. Uh, not putting it in the bin. Essentially what they're going to do is reduce the amount of time that your trash will be on your sidewalk. Instead of being able to put it out at 4 p.m. the previous day, you will not be able to put it out until 8 p.m. the previous day, although you could use it at uh, you could put it out at 6 p.m. if it's in a sealed container. I'm all for trying this, and I hope that it works. I want to be very clear. I'm rooting for the mayor to do very well on this. I think this is much better thought out than his previous plan to drown the rats in the subway. I do have my doubts about the efficacy of this though. I wonder if by reducing the hours the garbage will remain outside, that will reduce the amount of rats in the streets. Rats are not going to be taking any time off. They're not going to be taking any ferries to New Jersey and they will continue to multiply. There are two main causes of the rat problem. Based on my conversations with a lot of friends of mine in the sanitation business, both Currently and retired. One is the increase of street construction and scaffolding. And going hand in hand with both of those things, there's an increase in the streeted homeless sleeping on the street, defecating on the street, leaving food scraps on the street. I'm not trying to demonize the homeless here and blame them for the rat problem. Uh, The rats annoy them more than anybody. But you have to recognize reality here. The other problem is the outdoor seating that is used for restaurants that started during the pandemic but which is continuing. Again, you have food scraps on the floor, on the streets, quite frankly, which, of course, attracts the rats. I want to be very clear that I am rooting for this plan to succeed, and I applaud the mayor for at least being willing to try something different. The best part about this plan is that there is going to be an increase in garbage collection on the midnight shift with traffic congestion as bad as it is in the early morning rush hour i think the midnight garbage collection makes all the sense in the world beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight 77 local spotlight good morning Everybody, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I know a lot of you were planning to watch last night's Yankee game. I know some of you were probably planning to attend last night's Yankee game. I'm sorry the game was rained out, but they will live to fight another day. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I am a Met fan, and I have long been one of those Met fans that roots against the Yankees. But as I saw all the economic activity that's been generated for New York with all these playoff games, I thought to myself, how foolish. I mean, the Mets are out of it. Why not just root for the Yankees? I have a lot of friends that are Yankee fans, a lot of family members that are Yankee fans. Why not just wish the Yankees the best and hope that they continue this playoff run? And then, as always happens, I am reminded of... Why I have, for years, rooted against the Yankees. I thought it was disgraceful for the Yankee fans to boo Aaron Judge the other night in the game against Cleveland. I think not all the Yankee fans, but the Yankee fans that participated in booing Aaron Judge have absolutely no class. Besides hitting 62 home runs, which broke the American League single season record, Aaron Judge is the ultimate team player and a guy that just seems like a nice guy. To boo someone like Aaron Judge, who stands for everything good in baseball, is absolutely indefensible. As my fellow Met fan and my colleague, former Congressman Peter King, said on Facebook, I'm not someone who says the old days were always better, but when Brooklyn Dodgers." home run leader Gil Hodges went 0 for 21 in the 1952 World Series and his futility continued into the 1953 season hitting under 200 into May the Dodgers fans stayed with Hodges all the way cheering his every at bat most notably a Brooklyn priest famously told his parishioners at Sunday Mass quote it's too hot for a sermon go home and pray for Gil Hodges close quote The great ending to that story is that Gil Hodges went on to have a Hall of Fame career hitting more home runs and RBIs than any right-hand hitter in the major leagues in the 1950s. It's time for Yankee fans to stop this disgraceful behavior and follow the example of 1950s Dodger fans. Show some class. Support Aaron Judge. Bottom line is these Yankee fans need to start acting more like New York National League baseball fans. Beam me up! To be continued other side of midnight local spotlight to make sure that you have financial security in your golden years well there's one way to make sure that happens have decades of loyalty to a political machine just ask former Camden mayor Dana Red who will soon be able to collect a six-figure pension while working a lucrative job as CEO of a Camden nonprofit Mayor Red last month left her $275,000 a year post as CEO of the Rowan University Rutgers-Camden Board of Governors to become the CEO of the Camden Community Partnership, formerly known as the Coopers-Ferry Partnership. I don't know what her new salary is, but public documents show that her predecessor, who was also her predecessor at the university board, earned about $400,000 in 2020. So let's assume it's a little less than that. Based on what we've read in the state pension guide, Dana Red should be eligible to begin collecting her public pension next year without penalty. So that should be worth about a di- that should be worth another hundred and sixty thousand dollars annually. How did this happen? How did she get all these great jobs at the public trough while still being able to collect her pension? Well, you can thank the New Jersey State Legislature and Governor Chris Christie. At the end of Governor Christie's term, Governor Christie signed a law designed to allow Red back into the pension system just in time for her to take that pensionable job. If that hadn't happened, Red's pension would have been worth less than a quarter of what it is now. Why do we talk about this? Why are we focusing on this? Really, because of how brazen this is. As Politico New Jersey pointed out, Governor Christie and the South Jersey Democratic machine were the key players in reducing public sector benefits for everyone else, but they went out of their way to award... A loyal political soldier by passing special legislation intended just for her. And now, if Red's salary is anything like her predecessor, she's going to be pulling in more than a half a million dollars. Now, I know a lot of that is going to be from the charity that she's working for, but a lot of this is funding that's coming from the government anyway. Meaning the charity gets funded by the government. The rest of the money that she's making comes directly from the taxpayer. The bottom line is the very same people who stress the need to cut back on public worker benefits are the ones who engineered this arrangement for their political ally and it stinks beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight Well, it's no secret that there are a lot of problems in New York City's jail system, especially at Rikers Island. And it was back in 2014 when federal investigators condemned Rikers Island for its systemic issues and persistent violation of prisoners' civil rights in 2021-16 people died at rikers and other city jail facilities that number is already at 16 deaths for 2022 and that doesn't even count elmore robert pondexter who suffered a heart attack on september 18th while at rikers island but was released before his death days later so as not to count against the department of corrections statistics so what does it all mean Enter New York City Controller Brad Lander, who is calling for a federal receiver at Rikers Island to oversee operations of the jail and to make management reforms as necessary to address rising violence, missed medical appointments, and rising death rates. He actually spoke at a virtual forum a couple of days ago called How to End the Crises on Rikers Island. Not crisis, but crises. Mayor Adams, when asked about this yesterday, did not react well to the idea of having his corrections department report to a federal receiver. This is what the mayor said. All those who are saying that my correction officers are not capable of doing it, all those who are saying you know, have others come in to handle our education, to handle this, to handle that, to handle that. All I can say to to them, don't ever run for mayor because if your solution to solving the problems of this city is to find other people to fix them, then you should never be the mayor of the city of New York you <laughs> Mayor Adams want the problems because I was elected to fix them. I have to tell you, it was incredibly refreshing in this era of hearing politicians pass the buck, of hearing politicians blame other people, and we've seen Mayor Adams have no qualms about doing both of those things. It was refreshing to hear the mayor say, yes, I was elected. Let me fix the problem. I want control. I'm all for that. I think that's a great attitude, and I thought it was a refreshing attitude when Mike Bloomberg did the the same thing on schools, but now... If the mayor is putting this out there that he's the person the buck stops with, he's the person to be held accountable when the rubber meets the road, he's actually got to fix the problem. One disturbing statistic that I read over the weekend is that fewer than one in five New York City correction officers took a mandated course on preventing suicide in the past year. Now, what's the point in having mandated courses if correction officers can simply ignore the mandate? I'm willing to give the mayor a little bit of slack on this, but not much. He's got to get a hold of the crises at Rikers and do it in a hurry. Otherwise, suggestions like the ones the controller is making are going to start to look more appealing. Beam me up. To be continued.